Hey everybody, it's Pat Jones and I'm once again reading my column out loud to you. For those of you, I guess, uh, you know, you're like me and you've gotten a little old and it's hard to read things, you can now listen here on Superintendent Radio Network. This column, uh, which will be in our September issue, is a little bit different. As you know, Stan's on Tech passed away. He was a good friend of ours and, and I wanted to say a few words about him. So here's what I wrote. The USGA used to run commercials touting the fact that it was all about people who really, really loved golf. It's kind of a fitting epitaph then for Mr. Stanley J. Zontek, because no one I know really, really loved golf more than Stan. He didn't love golf in that crazy, avid golfer sort of way. And in fact, it occurs to me, even though I never played a round of golf with Stan, I really doubt he was one of those guys who was obsessed about his putter or who remembered every shot of every hole he'd ever played. I don't think he loved golf in that way. And even though I know he probably could have played about any club in America if he wanted to or joined any place, he joined a little modest club near his home just to have a quiet place to get away and enjoy a quick nine. The Stan I knew for 25 years truly loved the game of golf. He lived for the concept of fairness in the sport. He adored being part of every aspect of the process of preparing courses for play. He worshipped what the USGA is supposed to stand for, even if he quietly shrugged his shoulders or sighed a little bit when he thought about the political crap that occasionally takes place in Far Hills, New Jersey. His idols were people like old Tom Morris and Alexander Radko and Fred Grau and Burt Musser. Google those people if you don't know who you are, and shame on you if you don't for not knowing the history of our business. He genuinely loved turf heads, and he appreciated the character and skill of good superintendents as much as anyone I've ever met. Science, real, practical, legitimate science, was his bedrock. He had to prove things to Stan. He abhorred snake oil, and although USGA frowns on agronomists talking about specific products, he always made it clear with a twinkle in his eye or the shake of his big Polish head when he thought something was bogus. He had a finely honed BS detector. Stan was, famously, the longest tenured USGA staff member. I bugged him about his impending retirement constantly. He kept finding reasons not to give up the grinding life of a traveling agronomic wizard, even though he could have taken his pension and left the sometimes maddening blue blazer bureaucracy behind and made way more money as a consultant. That was simply not his style. The green section was his life. A calling, in the old sense of the word. And I'm not sure he could bring himself to visualize what it would be like to wake up and not put on that damn sport coat and those beat-up old black turf shoes and try and go out and solve problems on golf courses just for the good of the game. He was an awesome storyteller. On too many occasions back in the day before I gave up such things, we'd end up someplace cozy and boozy with a small group of hardcore turfies swapping war stories. One night, at least a decade ago, a bunch of us sat on those great old white rocking chairs on the porch of Pinehurst, Carolina Hotel, smoking cigars and drinking warm brown liquor until the wee hours. Stan was a bit um, overserved, shall we say, and he was really digging into his memory banks and producing some great stories about U.S. Open sites and tour players and the White House putting green, which he maintained forever, and personalities from around the business. Every 20 minutes or so, he'd glance over at me, Mr. Media, and ask, You're not writing any of this down, are you, Pat? And I'd jokingly reply, Everything's on the record, pal. 
We finally all got to bed around 4 a.m., as I recall. About 5.30, the phone in my room started ringing like hell, and I finally answered it to hear a panic stand on the other end of the line. You really didn't write any of that down, did you? <laughs> Stan, I promised you that morning I wouldn't rat you out, and I'll take that to my grave, too. We did a book deal of sorts, he and I. We had a handshake understanding that when he finally did turn in his official red and blue rep tie and his staff money clip, we'd lock ourselves up someplace and write the book, which I'd help gross write for him, but he really didn't need the help. He was a fine writer. The man had seen so much and done so much and met so many people that it was only natural that he'd finally share those stories for posterity. It wasn't going to be an expose or a tell-all. He'd never publicly say a bad word about the USGA. Instead, it would have been a celebration of all the joy he derived from the game and the overwhelming gratitude, gratitude he felt for being allowed to be a part of the game his entire adult life. Gratitude. That's what Stan always talked about when we'd go spend time together at the USGA regional seminars or at GIS or at a Musser Foundation board meeting. He felt so lucky, so blessed to have made a career out of something that brought him joy. He helped to bring golf courses to life. These beautiful, amazing playing fields designed to provide happiness and recreation and competition for millions of people. He shook his head in amazement every time he talked about how thankful he was. So I can think of no better tribute to Stan that I, or I really think anyone else, can offer than to express our gratitude for the time we had with him for the lives he touched, and for everything he did for the love of the game. We'll really, really miss you, Stan.